Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what is going on, everyone? Happy Wednesday. It's hump day. That's right. It's a Wednesday morning. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, here for another episode of Let's Ride Your Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com as a part of our BehindTheSteelCurtain.com audio platform. As a quick aside, wherever you're listening to your podcast, follow us. Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, uh, Pandora, Spotify. I'm a Spotify guy. And if you're listening on Spotify, just hit that follow button so that you get every single notification and update that there is a new podcast out there, not just my shows. I do a lot. For instance, on Wednesday afternoon, you can hear my first injury report podcast of the week. If you missed my Mike Tomlin recap podcast from Tuesday, you can go back and check that out. The Steelers preview on Friday. Those are all shows that I do, but Brian Anthony Davis does a ton. Dave Schofield does a ton. Michael Beck, Jeffrey Benedict, they all do their own thing, and it's all great. So make sure you check that out wherever you get your podcasts. So speaking of one of those podcasts, I do is the Mike Tomlin press conference recap, and I hope you checked out that podcast this week. It's not long, and there's some people. I'll never forget my dad. Uh <laughs> Watching Bill Cowher's press conferences as a kid was kind of like a weekly endeavor. We would sit there, we would watch the replay, and we'd watch it right after dinner. So did we finish eating dinner? And then the six o'clock news would come on, and they would have the full Mike. I'm sorry, the full Bill Cowher press conference, and he'd come out there in those ugly sweaters with his mustache, and we'd sit there and watch. And at the end, my dad would always say he'd throw his hands up. He didn't, say, he didn't say anything. He didn't tell us anything. Well, that's what these guys do. At the time I was a kid, I didn't realize it, didn't understand it. And now I get it. And Mike Tomlin is the master manipulator when it comes to press conferences. He is a wordsmith and to the umpteenth degree. He can say everything while saying nothing at all. That's the master right there. Okay, He's so good at it. But you know what? He also is so good and so subtle with these messages to his team through the media. He does it all the time. 
through training camp, through his press conferences, doesn't matter. If he's speaking to the media, it could be for ESPN or NFL Network, he will speak to certain players or to his team through that platform. He's so good at it. But, you know, a lot of people say, I don't want to listen to Tomlin go on and on about painting barns red and getting on moving trains and all those Tomlinisms. Well, that's what my podcast is for. I kind of just cut to the chase. I give you what you need to know from the podcast. But I started thinking about Tomlinisms. And in a recent interview that he did, it was a podcast uh, with Patrick Peterson and former Steeler cornerback Bryant McFadden, who also spent time in, in Arizona, hence the connection there with Peterson. They had Tom on. They said, Coach, what is your favorite quote, your motivational quote? What's your favorite one, your go-to one? And he has to say probably, he said probably the standard is the standard. And that has been all over the place. It's on the wall in the locker room. We used to have a podcast here, our, our former flagship podcast, when it was myself and Lance Williams, we dubbed that show, The Standard is the Standard, that has since been retired. But um, yeah, everyone knows that. If you're a Steeler fan and you don't know what The Standard is the Standard is, well, you're not a Steeler fan, in my opinion. But the title of this podcast is all based on that. But I want to make sure, make something very clear. That the standard is a standard amongst the Pittsburgh Steelers is not just a Tomlinism. It is not a situation where it's just something that coach says. It's a motto. It's a mantra. But by gosh, do they live by it. They live by it to the umpteenth degree. These players, they live for this. The standard is the standard. Think back. And I'm only going to list a few, but you can think back. And this goes back to even Bill Cowher's days, because trust me, the level of expectation was always the same, no matter who was in the lineup. Mike Tomlin just called it the standard is the standard ironing, sharpening iron, which is actually a biblical reference. But anyways, think back to situations where a player got hurt and someone stepped in and they did their job. And then some it's happened a bunch. It's happened a bunch. I go back to players like when Willie Parker got his shot when Jerome Bettis was hurt. I think back to William Gay, who played in the slot and then eventually worked his way outside due to injuries and situations like that. I even think back to 2019 when Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges. Yeah, it wasn't pretty, but my gosh, could that if that season could have gone south in a hurry? And they at least had him right there in contention in the last quarter of the season. It didn't pay out, plan out the way that anyone expected, but th- they won a lot of football games for that football team. And it could have been better. I understand that, but, but still they, they were, they did their part. I think about Tyson Alualu, who, when Stefan to went down or when Cam Hayward went down, they, they step in, you, they lose Javon Hargrave in free agency and, has anyone missed Javon Hargrave this year? I haven't. I don't think many people have even mentioned his name outside of the week five game when Philadelphia, his current team, came to Pittsburgh. I go on. Think back to when D'Angelo Williams was signed by the Steelers. Le'Veon Bell got into some off-the-field issues. What did he do? Oh, he just led the NFL in rushing the, during that time. I think back to guys like Nate Washington and Cedric Wilson, how when their number was called, they stepped up. They made the plays necessary. They had big games. 
they weren't stars. Maybe someone that personifies this more than anyone else, when I really think about it, is Moel Day Moore. I mean, you all remember Moel Day Moore? I mean, when all the running backs were hurt, it was Moel Day Moore who actually carried the team. This is a third down back, a guy that would just come in on third downs, was a good pass catcher, could pick up the blitz, and he carried that team. Think back to Jalen Samuels a couple years ago in New England. Every running back on the roster is hurt. Here comes a rookie who's never really played running back. Rushes for over 140 yards against the Patriots, and they win. Think back to Vince Williams' rookie year. Six-round draft pick, Florida State. Larry Foote goes down. He has to fill in. It's all relative here. and I could go on. I could give you more, and I'm sure that wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, you're probably thinking of a ton of examples in your head about, my gosh, I think about all these situations where these players have stepped up. There's a million more in Pittsburgh Steelers history, even in modern history. We're talking the Cowher Tomlin era. But this all boils down to one specific situation that the Steelers find themselves in right now. And that is that Devin Bush is done for the year. He's done. Today, Wednesday, Mike Tomlin said that Devin Bush will undergo surgery to have his ACL surgically repaired. So thoughts and prayers go out to Devin Bush Jr. first, first and foremost. But when it comes to who's going to be filling those shoes, everyone's pointing at Robert Spillane. But before we dive into Robert Spillane, who is Robert Spillane? You got to know that the standard is not going to change. The level of expectation is not going to change. Spillane, who talked to the media via Zoom earlier this week, said it himself. I've been here with this team. The team knows me. They trust me. I'm ready to prove myself. Basically, he's ready to prove himself worthy of being the inside linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, think about it. And Mike Tomlin says this a ton during his press conferences, that injuries, while unfortunate and sad at times, open the doors for other players to perform well. And that's exactly what's happened with Robert Spillane. Robert Spillane has bounced around the NFL a little bit. The Pittsburgh Steelers picked him up. He's a special teams guy. They love him on special teams. Well, I'll tell you what, in the second half of that Cleveland game, he, he announced his presence with authority, if you know what I mean. The guy is a hitter. He's a thumper, as I like to call him. He's a guy that's going to run downhill. He's going to make those plays. Is he as athletic as Devin Bush? No. Is he as dynamic as Devin Bush? Probably not. Is he going to be able to stay on the field for all three downs and never miss a snap like Devin Bush? I don't think so. But can he step in and can he be a stopgap for the Steelers? And can they have a by-committee approach to inside linebacker that's actually going to work? I think yes. And Mike Tomlin alluded to this during his press conference on Tuesday. He talked about how they have confidence in not just Robert Spillane, but they talk about Ulysses Gilbert III and Marcus Allen and how, honestly, they have a feeling that they're all going to be asked to do something specific that's going to really hone in on their strengths. Well, what do I mean by that? So if Robert Spillane is a Vince Williams type that is great in run-stopping, great around the line of scrimmage, but struggles in coverage, well, on sub-packages, they might be bringing Allen in, and they might be bringing Gilbert in, or might be bringing in one or the other, or maybe they use Sean Davis. Haven't heard his name mentioned yet, just throwing it out there. Maybe they use someone like him, or maybe they bring Terrell Edmonds down into the box. 
they have options, but Mike Tomlin said that they're not expecting Robert Spillane to be Devin Bush. And he made it a very strong point to say, let's not pretend like this is a situation where a, as he could grizzly quote unquote grizzly veteran is being lost. Devin Bush was only in his second year. This was his first year with a green dot on his helmet. Robert Spillane said in his interview, I'm ready for it. If coach wants to give me that green dot, I'll be fine. Give it to me. I love communicating with my teammates. My teammates know me. They trust me. I can do it. I love that confidence in a player, by the way. But I think when you look at it also, Tomlin says, we look, we might have to use other players. But what I love about it is that he's followed it up with, there's no excuses. There's not going to be any excuses for not getting the job done. Sure, you can laugh this off as coach speak. You can say this is Tomlin being Tomlin. This is Tomlin just being the wordsmith, motivating his players through the press conference. Maybe you're right. But I'll tell you what, I'm not even a player, and it gets me fired up. No excuses. They're not going to lean on an injury for a reason why they're not going to go out and execute. Whoever is called upon, Spillane, Gilbert, Allen, Davis, Edmonds, Williams, whoever it is, does not matter. No excuses. You need to get the job done. You need to execute. No excuses. The standard is the standard in the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. But who is Robert Spillane? He, come, he came from the Mac. And Mike Tomlin talked about what he, they saw him at Chooks play day. And when they went to scout the tackle, they drafted in the third round, and they, they liked what they see. He, quote, unquote, we like our Mac football, Mike Tomlin said. They've got a lot of Mac players. Gilbert is a Mac player. I think there's another guy from the Mac. Who is that? Oh, yeah, Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> that wasn't Tomlin, though. He says that Robert Splane has continually gotten better since he's been within this, the walls of the Steelers' Southside facility and playing. And he says that he is going to be the primary man to play inside linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they're going to go with him. Now, how far are they going to go with him? That has yet to be seen. That has yet, I'm not here saying that I think that Robert Spillane is going to pull a Tyson Alawalu and no one is going to know. No one's going to know who Devin Bush is. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that at all. You know why I'm not saying that at all? Because I don't think it's going to happen. But what I can say is I do think that Robert Spillane is A, smart enough, is B, good enough, and is C, savvy enough that he can go in, make plays, and not be an Achilles heel heel to a defense that is elite in a top three unit in the National Football League. That's depth right there. That's the standard. And when Mike Tomlin was asked in his press conference, Coach, how do you describe a complete football team? One of the things that he said was you have to have depth. Another thing was he said you have to have consistency. And the third thing he said was you have to have a high floor, meaning you have to be so good that even on your worst day, that worst day is better than a lot of teams' best days. That's exactly what Robert Spillane kind of embodies here. He is great depth. I think he's going to be a very consistent player. You're going to know what he can and can't do right away. But what he can do, he's going to do it well. He's going to do it consistently. And on top of that, he's going to develop that floor for the Steelers defense. It still is going to be set at a really, really high bar.
a really high bar. But you know what? There's a lot of people out there that are wondering, is Robert Spillane really the guy that they're going to throw out there? Is this Sean Spence 2.0? Is this John Bostick 2.0? Are we really going to do this? This reminds me of 2017 when Ryan Shazier went down and the entire defense imploded. Is this really what the Steelers are going to do? As of right now, yes. The answer to that as of right now is yes. Whether you like it or not, the answer is yes. And Mike Tomlin is going to go to his grave with the standard as a standard on the casket. I'm not sure if that's literally what he's going to do, but in this situation as a coach, he hangs his hat on that statement and he believes it. He believes it 100% deep down to his core. Robert Spillane is going to embody that. I feel, I think he's going to get the job done. I think fans are going to be pleasantly surprised if he didn't give you, if he didn't show you enough in week six against the Browns, let's see what he does against Derrick Henry and the Titans in week seven. He's going to have plenty of opportunities. It's going to be fun. When we come back after this break, I want to talk about some trades, maybe the other side of the coin. What if Robert Spillane doesn't perform well enough? What if the Steelers want to go looking on the open market? Well, we're going to talk about that right after this break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, we are back for the second segment in our Let's Ride Wednesday AM podcast. I'm Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. With you, and in the first segment, we talked all about the standard as a standard. We kind of took a trip down memory lane talking about players like Willie Parker and D'Angelo Williams and Nate Washington, Cedric Wilson, one of my favorites, Moel D. Moore. The standard has always been the standard with the Steelers, and that goes way back before Mike Tomlin became the head coach in 2007. But again, it got me thinking, you know, this all stems back to Robert Spillane. It all stems back to the man that's going to be, at least in week seven, tasked with making fans feel comfortable with him at inside linebacker. I said it. Dave Schofield said it. Brian Anthony Davis said it. Anyone with a microphone in front of their face knew that there were two positions the Steelers could not afford to have an injury when it came to depth, at least on defense. One of them, safety. Because with Mega Fitzpatrick, Terrell Edmonds, one of those two goes down, not the best depth. Adding Sean Davis helps. We have seen nothing of him yet so far to make us feel like, okay, that's a nice insurance policy. On paper it is, but we haven't seen it yet. The second was inside linebacker. We're like, oh my gosh, if something happens to Devin Bush, the Steelers are screwed. Guess what? Something happened to Devin Bush. Are the Steelers screwed? I don't know. I don't know. I, I trust Robert Spillane. I trust the standard is a standard, but there are a lot of people out there, justifiably so, who wonder, should the Steelers go out 
and get a look, at least look at who's available. Now, if you haven't seen it yet on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, Sunday evening when news broke, Adam Schefter and a couple others uh, said, Devin Bush is done. He tore his ACL. He's done for the year. When that happened, I talked to Brian Davis, and Brian Davis is really good at finding certain information on the internet. I said, Brian, I need you to give me a list of players that are on the open market that are inside linebackers as soon as you can. And he did that. And Michael Beck, he helped the deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. He helped out as well. And I put together an article basically saying, here are the free agent linebackers out there. So as I'm writing the article, I finish up, and none of the names inspire any type of confidence whatsoever. There's a couple noticeable names. Michael Kendricks, he's not going to be around because of insider trading. Manti Teo, just because he's a name. I remember him from Notre Dame, even though he just got signed to the, I think, the Chicago Bears practice squad. And the last name on the list was Vontez Perfect. And I, I couldn't believe that I wrote his name in the article, but you kind of have to because no one would ever say that Vontez Perfect is not a talented football player. Vontez Perfect is a piece of trash as a human being playing football. But when it came to talent, there has always been talent there. Some would say that when he wasn't getting in his own way, he was considered one of the best inside linebackers in the National Football League. Problem is, he could never get out of his own way. And so as I finish up this article, I'm thinking, I don't like the thought of the Steelers wasting money on any of these guys. None of them. I mean, none of them. Why? Because I didn't think that any of them who don't know the system, who have never played with any of the players within that system before, would be able to come in and be better than Robert Splain, Ulysses Gilbert III, and or Marcus Allen. Period. And so for me, I immediately thought, I mean, there were well over 100 comments on this article on Behind the Steel Curtain, but I couldn't wrap my head around them possibly going out and signing one of these guys. Could they? Sure. Will they? I don't think so. But you know what? What about a trade? That's different. That's a different story. Because the November, it's crazy that the trade deadline is November 3rd. That's election day. It's going to be a crazy day for everyone regardless of which side of the fence you reside and the NFL trade deadline, the NFL in the past few years, the trade deadline has kind of turned into an NBA, NHL, major league baseball trade deadline. It used to be a boring day. The day would come, the day would go and people would say, wow, what's up with the NFL? They don't even trade anybody on their deadline. Well, that's changed the past few years and a lot of trades have been made. And there's a lot of people wondering maybe at a position like wide receiver, or running back where the Steelers have some really good depth, maybe they could say, Hey, we could trade somebody. All right. You want to make a trade? We need some line. We need a linebacker. You need a receiver or you need a running back. Maybe we'll make a deal. The Steelers have been willing to trade in the past. Eh, they've traded. you think about Gerald Hawkins last year before the season? They trade him to Tampa Bay. Now he winds his way back up in Pittsburgh. This year, after Zach Banner goes down with an ACL after week one. I mean, they've made trades all the time. They traded Joshua Dobbs away, and he came back. That's kind of funny when you think about it, as I think about the most recent trades that they made. Obviously, Minka Fitzpatrick was a big-name trade. I don't think they're going to do that. But at the same time, could they make one of those lower-level trades? I think maybe it's a possibility. I'm going to actually, though, say in regards to inside linebacker, I just don't see him doing it. I'm sorry that might disappoint a lot of people 
they might they if you're sitting there thinking great Jeff's going to run through these trade these trade scenarios and who they should trade and how much they should give up and should they give away draft picks and all that stuff I'm just not going to do it because I don't think they're going to do it I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to make a trade and here is why first is money it always comes back to money no one knows what the salary cap in 2021 is going to be we do know how much money they're probably going to lose this season as an NFL entity with no fans and seats. So we know they're going to lose money. We know that there's a floor that the salary cap will not go below. But even if it goes to that floor, which I believe is $175 million, right now I believe that the salary cap is around $198 million. Could be wrong. Apologize if I am. If it drops down to 175, the Steelers who are bellied up to the cap already are in salary cap hell. But if it goes up, that's a different story. But no one can say with any certainty after this COVID-19 pandemic and the COVID-19 season that anyone, because it used to be, even up until this year, well, it's going to go up. It goes up every year. Yeah, salary cap's going to go up. It's going to go up about $10 million bucks. So when we know that they're, it's going to go up $10 million bucks, we're going to have some rollover. We're going to get the extra cushion. We might cut a few players, and boom, we have some salary cap space. That isn't necessarily the case this year. So now you're looking at, okay, with what money are we going to bring anyone in? So are you going to trade for a player who's in the last year of his contract, get them for one year, and then say, all right, buddy, Good luck in free agency? Maybe. But that player better be a proven player. That player better be someone that fans A, know, and B, can play. You trade for some secondhand linebacker from the Jacksonville Jaguars, and people are going to say, you have got to be kidding me. However, if you trade for someone like Miles Jack, that's a name. People know that name, and they're going to say, this guy can play. We've seen him play. He's played well against Pittsburgh before. Who forgets 2017? I don't. AFC Divisional Round. Miles Jack was on that team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And so I don't think they're going to make that deal because even a player like Miles Jack is going to cost money. So unless there's a team like the New York Jets who are literally selling everything, including their soul, at this point in time, that's going to say, we'll eat some of the contract. We'll eat some of the contract just to get him out of here. Take him. Maybe. But again, if you're willing, if the team is willing to do that, what kind of value does he bring to your team? You know, think about when Antonio Brown was literally jawing his way out of town. No one wanted him right away. And then finally, the Oakland Raiders gave a third and a fifth for the best wide receiver in the game at that time. So trades, no one's trading away a hot commodity. They're trading away someone that has a bad contract. They're trading away someone that they don't think is good anymore. And so then you're looking at a reclamation project or you're looking at taking on what you don't have, money. It all comes back to money. But there's more to it than just money. That's the number one. Number two, I would say, is their current depth. I like their current depth. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, and I could be back here on Monday after Robert Spillane gets trucked by Derrick Henry, Ulysses Gilbert III doesn't know what he's doing on the field, and Marcus Allen doesn't even see the field on defense, and I'm saying, I could say to you all, listen, folks, I'm sorry. I was wrong. 
I was so wrong. I could say that. I could have to say that. But on the flip side of that coin, I could also say, did you see Robert Spillane take down Derrick Henry? Did you see that defense not miss a beat? Did you see Ulysses Gilbert showing that that athleticism that fans were so enamored with in training camp? I could also be saying that. And in which case, my second point here would be absolutely correct. I like the Steelers' current depth. I do. I like it a lot. I think this this linebacking core, although not known nationally, should bring some comfort to people locally. And when I say locally, I'm talking about Steelers fans, not necessarily that you have to live in the 412 area code. I like the current depth. I could be wrong, but I like the current depth. And I think the Steelers like the current depth. And that's the second reason why I don't think they would make a move on that November for their trade line, trade deadline or before. I do want to say that could they bring in someone from someone's practice squad? That's a different story. That's not a trade. Okay. That's not a trade. That's someone that has been in camps, that has been playing, been active. That's a different story. This is about a trade. Just want to preface that. But I have a third point. I don't think they're going to make a trade because I don't think, well, obviously, I mean, Devin Bush is only in his second year and it got cut short, but he'll recover once he goes through surgery. If everything goes well, uh, you know, there's no infection. Everything went well. They were able to repair the ligaments. He's going to start about a nine month journey to rehab. If there's a silver lining in this cloud, it is that this injury occurred when it did. Meaning this injury occurred in week six and not week 16. Week 16 knee injuries turn into you start to miss training camp next year. You're maybe starting the year on pup, physically unable to perform. That's not going to be the case with him. He'll get his nine month rehab. He'll be ready to go for training camp next year. That's a silver lining, but he's only going to be going into year three in 2021. So I don't think the Steelers are going to want to trade anyone unless it's for that just one year, unless it's someone that they're just, they just want them for this year. They're not going to trade anyone that has multiple years in their contract because why would they need them? Unless they're thinking they're going to replace Vince Williams as well. There's so many different caveats. There's so many different variables here in this equation. Each time I dive in one of these rabbit holes, I keep coming back out eventually and saying, I just don't see the Steelers doing this. Devin Bush is still a young player. You know, he he's not washed up. He's not a veteran. Think back to Lawrence Timmons' final few years in Pittsburgh. You can just see they, they, they lost a step. He just wasn't the same player. This guy is not going to be, he's going to come back. He's going to be fine. If people think that, you know, Devin Bush isn't going to look like Devin Bush because he has a torn ACL, you have no idea about the, the wonders that are th- these surgeons now and the, and the work that they can do. Not only are these players coming back faster, they're coming back equally as as fast and agile and athletic as they were prior to the surgery. So for Devin Bush, I look at him as a young player. I don't think they trade anyone unless it is for that one year, like a one-year rental player. You see it in hockey. You see it in baseball all the time. It's like the stretch run. We're going to go out and get that closer, or we're going to go trade for that forward who's going to finish out our top six on the hockey team. You see it all the time in basketball too. That's the only reason I could see the Steelers trading anything away at the deadline. And even then, because of all those things that I already said, the money, the depth they have on the team, and the fact that Bush is a young player and an up-and-coming player who's going to recover, he's going to rehab, 
I don't see them making that move. So again, I'm sorry if you were listening to the end of that first segment thinking, oh, great, Jeff's going to really dive into some trade scenarios. I love that stuff. It's just not my forte. It's because I don't think it's the Steelers' forte either. I do want to reference you, though, to an article that published on Tuesday afternoon on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Michael Beck did go into some of those trade targets, and he talked about it at length in the written word on in that article. So go check that out if that's your cup of tea. Not really my cup of tea, but it might be yours. So check it out. That does it, folks. The standard is the standard here on Let's Ride. I don't even know what that means in terms of the Let's Ride. I enjoy these shows. I really do. I, I enjoy the 30 minutes I get to spend with you wherever you are. I and I really hope I've, I've gotten some great feedback on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N, underscore P-I-T. Um, people have said, you know, I can't wait to listen to Let's Ride after the game. I can't. That was a great episode. That makes me feel so good. It really does. I'm not saying that I'm asking. I'm not asking you to massage my ego. I'm just saying that when people do reach out, I do appreciate the fact that people listen. Look, there was a time with Behind the Steel Curtains podcast platform was myself and Lance Williams doing one show a week. The standard is a standard. And we would be pumped if we got 150 downloads. I like fist pumping. Like, yes. And then we'd look into the data and we'd be like, wow, these people only listened for 30 seconds and they turned us off. <laughs> That's where we are. And now these Let's Ride episodes are getting close to 2,000 downloads per episode. So I really do appreciate it. If you can do anything to help is to share it all of our podcasts, retweet them on Twitter. When you see them, share them on Facebook. If you have friends that are uh, Steeler fans, send them their way. Say, Hey, check out this podcast. I think you'll like it. We really do appreciate all the support. Make sure that wherever you're listening, you follow us on our podcast platforms: Spotify, Google play, iTunes, Apple podcast, Stitcher, anchor, Pandora, you name it. Don't miss a thing. And obviously behind the steel curtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. We have great film rooms, breakdowns, news, commentary, everything, features in long form, everything. Check it out. I'm Jeff Harbin, co-editor of said website. I can't wait till Friday to talk about the upcoming game, week seven, Tennessee Titans, and to give you my picks. In the meantime, check out my injury report podcast on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday afternoon. And here we go. Steelers, that's right, baby, 5-0 and versus 5-0. and You should be getting jacked up because I know I am. In the meantime, be kind, be safe, and God bless have a great day.